0: for the Word of God. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 22. How many of you want the healer more than the healing? How many of you want the Savior more than the saving? Boy, you don't think about that, do you? Many times we pray for the deliverance. We need the deliverer is what we need. And this morning, that's what David needed in his life. And that's where the Lord led me as I prepared for this morning. And I trust the message will be a blessing to you. I'll tell you, I had a pastor friend call me last night. Sometimes you you study for messages and and sometimes you think to yourself, do I have it? You know, "Is, is it in my heart? And I had a pastor friend call me last night from here in South Florida. And he asked me a question and then he said to me, he says, what are you preaching on tomorrow? And I just like regurgitated my entire message on the phone to him. And, and when I hung up, my first thought was, wow, God, you have taught me. And I hope this morning God teaches you what he taught me. A lot of people, a lot of people have had experiences in their lives like we're going to talk about with David this morning. It was real. The Bible is true. It's not a book of man. It's not a bunch of made-up stories. It's the Word of God. God gave His Word to you and me so that it would help us. How many of you need help this morning? We all do, right? And David needed help in his life. He had been dealing with King Saul and the relationship that was fractured. Saul had, of course, a lot of negative thoughts toward David, and David was just trying to do what he could, but that's the problem, is he was doing what he could, instead of relying on the one that could do it much better than he could. And this morning I want you to see from 1 Samuel chapter 22, beginning in verse number 1, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. When his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented. is interesting? God put a three-point message right there in his word this morning. He even alliterated it. Distress, debt, discontented. The Bible says they gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. David went thence to Mizpah of Moab. He said unto the king of Moab, Let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you, till I know what God will do for me. And he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all the while that David was in the hold. Now, I want you look at this picture this morning on your, on your notes or up here on the screen. This is actually the cave of Adullam. Go to the next slide there real quick. You can see on the map, if you can see it, you can see where Adullam is in relationship to Bethlehem, Jerusalem. Of course, on the other side of the hills that led over to the Sea of Galilee, This is where David found himself during this particular time, really running for his life from Saul. He was making some choices that, to be honest with you, weren't very wise choices from time to time, like finding himself among the Philistines and having to act like a madman. But David finds himself in this cave. Go to the next slide there. This is the inside of the actual cave of Adullam. If you look on your your outline, it looks a little different from the outside. See the sun, the green, the light. Everything looks nice until David goes inside. Totally different picture. This picture was taken by someone that went into the cave, turned around in the darkness, and took a picture on the way out of the very cave that David spent some time in. We're going to talk about it this morning. The message this morning is something you've heard about as children. It's called Hide and Seek. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing this morning. You remember the game hide and seek as a child? It was pretty simple, the premise of the game Think about this though, and you saw those pictures of the cave of Adullam. The game of hide and seek, according to the definition on Google, is a children's game of concealing yourself in the environment to be found by a seeker. To conceal yourself. That's what David did. He went to the cave of Adulam. The word Adullam means a hiding place. David was hiding, but he found himself, while he was hiding, seeking. He also found that there was someone seeking him, not just Saul, but the Lord. And can I say before I go any further this morning, that even though he was in a cave hid away from Saul... God knew exactly where he was. And the Lord knows where you are today. God knows what you're going through. There are a couple psalms in our Bible that are parallel to this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 22 this morning. These were times that David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the same man in the cave, penned some words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about some of the things that he was experiencing, feeling, while he was in this cave. One of those is Psalm 61. The Bible says, Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Have you ever felt overwhelmed in your life? you ever got to the place like David where you find yourself, maybe not necessarily in a cave, but in a cave experience? David found himself in a dark, damp, dreary, and depressing cave. There he was, sitting in this cave. He had experienced a lot of things in his life recently. He had lost everything, everything that he had, all the comforts and all the, all the nice things of life. He had lost all those things, and at this point, he had also lost everyone that he had learned to lean upon, all of his friends, all of his family. There he was in the cave all alone, This was one of the low points in David's life as he experiences this for the first time. And and what David could not see at this time, but soon came to understand, was the fact that even in this time and going into this cave, that God was behind it all, that God was in control of David's life and the situation. And although David didn't know it, God was going to use this time in this cave to make David a stronger Christian in the Lord. God will use cave times, cave experiences. See, the day would come where David, who went from the outside into this cave, into this dark, dreary, depressing place, David would eventually emerge out of this very same cave to go on and, and to, to go back to his life to become a a stronger man for God to assume his role that God had for his life. And there are times in our lives where we find ourselves in these very same places. We think that all of our help is gone. All of our hope is gone. All of the people that we thought were our friends are no longer there. The family that is still related to us maybe wants nothing to do with us. We feel alone, depressed, discouraged, deserted. We find ourselves in these caves of life. But can I tell you that David found out, and you and I need to also see the very same things, that God has a purpose, God has a plan, that God wants to work through these cave experiences of life to make us a better child of God. God will use these times. He's behind the blessings of life, sure. But can I tell you that God is also behind the burdens of life. God is sovereign in our lives. And we can learn something from these cave experiences of life, even from David's life. We can learn this morning that that as we go into these times that we can come out stronger and better for the Lord. And I want you to see this morning that, first of all, the realities of the cave, this was something that David really was dealing with. Why? Because, as I already mentioned, it was a time of sorrow for David. He was brought to the bottom of life. He was hurting. David was broken. He was defeated. The crown prince of Israel is now living in a cave. I mean, if you look at that picture there, you can see in the bottom... That is not the modern comforts and conveniences of life, even in David's day. But David found himself where he was resting his head upon a rock instead of in some nice uh, nice bed that he could uh, find himself relaxing nice in. And, and you and I, we need to understand that we cannot expect, like David was, we can't expect to go through life and, and all that we will endure without being untouched and unaffected by hardships, by some agony, by some trials. Look, folks, all of us need to understand the words of Jesus when he said that in the world you shall have tribulation. Now, the hope that we have is he said, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. See, it was a time of sorrow in David's life. And notice, it was a time of suffering that God had allowed him to come there and and he brought him there so that, why? That David could learn to lean on God more than he had learned to lean on himself and what he could do as king and more in what he could do himself or maybe trusting in other people that he had so relied on. God was not trying in, in some fashion or form to destroy David. God wasn't even trying to discipline David. God was trying to bring David to the place that he would develop him to be the man of God that God wanted him to be. See, God uses hardships. God will bring things in our lives to develop us into the Christian that he wants us to become. Peter said, but the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. See, for David, this cave was... A time in his life when there was sorrow and there was suffering in David's life. And notice there was it was also a time of separation. He was cut off from his family. He was cut off from his friends and those that had followed him. He was in a place that really at this time prevented him from being able to have any kind of fellowship with folks. That's why you know, part of the Christian life and part of what God's given to the church, which we're going to try to do tonight, is to just get together in Christian fellowship and love and enjoy one another's company. And David sat there in that cold, damp cave all by himself. David was separated. God brings us to places in our lives where we're we're alone. But can I tell you that you're never alone if you're a child of God. God brings us to places where He shuts off everything else in our lives. And you'll see in just a minute why he did this for David. But do you remember in the Bible, Elijah? Elijah found himself sitting by the brook. Just him and God. Elijah was just going to sit there, and he was going to die. Just like Jonah. But God had a plan. God had a purpose God brought him there all alone. Job, remember Job's life, after all that Job had, he lost every last bit of it and he sat there all alone in the ashes. Well, that is until his friends tried to come and encourage him, if you know what I mean. Moses. Moses had enjoyed his life and then God took him alone to the backside of the desert because God had a plan. But it didn't come without a time of separation, a a cave experience in their lives. But can I tell you this morning that these cave experiences, oftentimes, they precede the times of God's greatest blessings in our lives. You can look at those individuals and you can see that each one of them that I just mentioned, Elijah and Job and Moses, how that after those cave experiences, after those times of being alone were some of the greatest days in their lives. They learned those lessons in the dark. Only some lessons you can learn that way. There's only some things that God can show us that we're not focused on other things. You see, cave times, can be blessed times. They can be times of instruction, times of, of growth. We may not like it being in that cave all alone in the dark. We may not understand what, why we're there or what God is trying to do. But can I tell you that what God is trying to do, what he did in David's life, is God is trying to bring you to himself where God can spend time with you. The psalmist said in Psalm 62 in verse 7, God is my salvation, my glory. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. Can I tell you this morning, yes, the sorrow was real. The suffering, it was real. David had been suffering because of of men and because of other things in his life. And David found himself, as God led him to this cave, David found himself separated from everyone else, from anything he ever knew, so that God could get his attention. While he was there in the cave, I want you to see that not only are the realities of the cave real, but notice the revelations of the cave. Because the Bible tells us here that as he's there in the cave, that he remembers and and, and his, his mind goes back to the call of his life. How God began to work in his heart. See, everything had been taken away, but one thing, look, they can put Paul in prison, and they can put David in the cave, and they can put you wherever, but they can't take away the promises of God from your life, because they were promises given to you by God. David sits there and starts to think about all the things that God had promised him. And you know what happens? people start showing up, one by one. First his family came, his mom and his dad showed up. Then the defeated and those that were downtrodden of Israel, they began to show up. David's family, many believe that they came there they out of fear for Saul, they were trying to, like David, they were running for their lives The rest of them actually came because they were tired of Saul. They were tired of the things that Saul was doing to them and against them. And they believed in their hearts that it wasn't Saul that they needed to be looking to for leadership, but it was David. They they began to believe that David was God's man. And so God uses this mixed group of people as they come into this very same cave. God begins to use them to confirm his faithfulness to David, and how God was going to keep his promises. Remember remember Elijah, how that God was faithful and he brought the ravens to Elijah? you remember how in Moses' life that Moses experienced the burning bush, the, the bush that was on fire but it was not consumed? See, God has a way of showing us that everything is going to be all right. And I see that while he's there in the cave, that the revelation of his call comes back to his mind. But secondly, notice his character. Because when his family and other people begin to show up, those men from Israel, think about this, David's there and he's, he's going through so many things in his heart and his mind. He's trying to figure out, God, what are you trying to do? Why am I here in this cave? And, and then all of a sudden, his parents show up. And then all of those that are... Defeated and downtrodden show up, and now think about this. They're all looking to David. At first, you would think that these people are now adding to David's burden. Now it's not just David that he has to be concerned about. Now it's all these people that have come to him. They're looking to him. And David writes in Psalm 57 and verse 4, My soul is among lions. And I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men, whose teeth and spears uh, are spears and arrows, and their tongue is a sharp sword. But can I tell you that while David was there in that cave, in the midst of that darkness, when his family came to him, and his friends came to him, and his followers came to him, that David's character came forth. David rose to this challenge, and he took measures, as we just read in the Word of God. He cared about his mom and dad so much that he wanted to make sure that they were safe. Kind of sounds like something that God put on Brother Jerry's heart. David was doing the very same thing. Wanted to make sure mom and dad were okay. And then when he took care of that, he rose up then to lead those men that came to him. Those men that were following him. Instead of breaking under pressure, we see that David's heart was revealed he rose to the challenge, he began to lead those people. But listen, can I tell you that as he did that, as he took that challenge, as he began to lead those people, it did not come without pain and problems having to be squeezed out of him. That's where a lot of people say, well listen, I'll I'll, I'll take this, I'll take that, but I don't want the pain. I don't wanna go through the problems. But David had to go through that if he was ever going to lead. Pain and suffering will reveal what is really in our hearts. Look at what the Bible says in Job chapter 1. I mentioned Job a minute ago. The Bible says, then Job arose after all that happened to him. The Bible says he rent his mantle and he shaved his head. He fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Did you see that word? He worshipped. And he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. And naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, notice, and the Lord hath taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's, Job's like, I'm in this cave of, of my life. I don't understand why I'm going through this dark moment in my life and why am I sitting in these ashes and why have I lost everything that's dear to me. I don't really understand it. I don't get it. But instead of getting angry and bitter at God, you know what Job does as he, his sentiments here in Job one twenty one. Job begins to bless the name of the Lord. In other words, Job shouted in the devil's face that day. And Job, instead of getting bitter, he got sweeter with God. Listen, folks, I wonder how we respond. What comes out of you when you get squeezed? A lot of times I see Christians not handling things the way that God would have, we become sour, we become bitter when trouble comes into our lives. Uh, Do we display integrity like David did? Do we keep on praising God like Job did, knowing that God is in control, that God is working all things together for his good and for his glory? Suffering will expose our hearts like few other things will in life. David found himself there. But the revelations that came while he was there in that cave, he remembers his call, he shows the character in his life, but then notice also his commitment. Because with all the circumstances and everything going on in David's life, you know what David held on to? I hope you get this. He held on to the promises of God. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. David clung to the promises of God. Folks, look, the things of this life are fleeting away. But we can hold on to the promises of God because they're eternal. God has given them to us. He writes in Psalm 57, They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves, Selah. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. All that was going on in David's life, isn't it interesting and a challenge and encouragement to us that David knew where to go to find refuge in a time of trouble? He didn't give up. A lot of people would want to throw in the towel, But David knew that God would come through, but it would be in God's timing. And so we see here that David's commitment, David turned to the Lord. He knew that God was doing something and that God would not fail him. Look, when God is faithful to us, can I tell you, don't be unfaithful to your God. God would never fail you, don't fail him. Nothing demonstrates the level of our commitment to God. More than our continued obedience and faithful service to the Lord. Even when it's in times like this when we're in the caves of life. Not knowing what God is doing. Look what the Bible says as Paul writes to the church in Corinth. And you talk about someone that had experienced life's caves. He says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. You see, David was there in that cave, and David began to think about all that was going on in his life, the sorrow he had been experiencing, the suffering, being separated from everyone, but then all of a sudden, the revelations, how he remembers that God had been faithful, and then he he begins to think in his life, and and his character comes through as he begins to take care of his family, he begins to lead those that had come to see him, to To put their belief in him and then we see thirdly this morning the refreshments of the cave how many of you like refreshments yeah some of us like refreshments more than others we went to uh, a a, uh, marlins game not too long ago and it was all you could eat i won't tell you who it was you'd never guess but there's someone in this auditorium this morning who literally tried to eat all he could eat. At the end of the game, I don't think he looked that refreshed. <laughs> and I know some of you right now are trying to figure out who it was. You'll never, you'll never guess. And it wasn't me. But Look back in your Bible this morning in chapter 22. Look at verse number 2. The Bible says, And every one... That was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. Now, I want you to see this morning the refreshments that David received, listen, while he was in the cave. The first refreshment is the refreshment of his family. David's family comes to him. Now, you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, this sounds pretty good. Mom and dad, maybe some of his siblings. You remember, David was the youngest of how many brothers? Well, there was a total of eight, right? Remember when they were getting ready to anoint the next king? And Jesse got his sons, and they went one by one from the oldest down to the last one. And he says, none of these. It's not any of these. Do you have yet another son? Isn't it kind of interesting that David's own father, in a way, in his life, ignored him? He kind of says, well, you know, I've I've got one more. As a matter of fact, look what it says in 1 Samuel 16, 11. Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? And he says, there remaineth yet the youngest. Behold, he keepeth the sheep. Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. I mean, he's just a young lad. He's ruddy. He can't be the one. remember, Remember when you were in school and the yearbook, the most likely to succeed? Remember those? Worst things you could put in yearbooks. I guarantee you, That if you had those in your yearbook, in your school, and you look back now, those people that the school or the class graduating thought would be the one, they're probably in prison. They're probably struggling in life. They're probably not. You see, oftentimes it's the least likely one. I'll never forget... Years ago, after I first got saved, I was struggling with God dealing with me. And even today, today, I think about how unworthy I am even to be standing here. And I remember hearing the testimony of Dr. Jack Hiles, who gave the testimony that when he was a little boy, he was very awkward. Most people, when it came time to play games, things like that, nobody ever picked him. He wore back in the days, they didn't have back then wire rim glasses, so he wore the big thick plastic glasses. His glasses were pretty thick. I don't know if they were the bottom of Coke bottles, but they were pretty close. And in one church service at his church, God began to deal with Jackie Boy, they called him. And he walked the aisle in a service... And his pastor met him down front, and he said, Jackie boy, why'd you come this morning? And he looked at his pastor in the eyes, and he says, I believe God's calling me to preach. And his own pastor said to him, Jackie boy, go sit back down. I wonder what his pastor thought years later when that man averaged over 20,000 in Sunday school. David, his family came to him. And his at one time in his life, even his own parents, his dad, kind of, well, you know, he's my son, but he's, you know, he's not like Eliphaz. You know, he's not like my older boys. How about his brothers? You remember his brothers, his oldest brother, Eliab. He rebuked David. He criticized David. Look at the spirit you see here. The Bible says in 1 Samuel seventeen twenty-eight, 28, Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he was spake unto the men. Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thy heart, for thou art come down here that thou mightest see the battle. No, do you remember why he went? Because his daddy sent him. Remember? He was running an errand. He wasn't there for the reason his brother was, but isn't it interesting that while they're in this cave and and everybody's running for their lives from Saul, and they're all looking to David now, including his parents, his brothers, and his followers. It's kind of interesting how now they see the man before them as God's man, God's choice for their king. The one that they formerly would pass over was now the one they were turning to for help. David found refreshment in this, that this cave of life experience, like in our lives, it has the potential to bring out the best in us. Somebody said it's not the storms we weather that define us, it's the way we weather the storms. David won a newfound respect in the eyes of all that came into the cave that saw him and the faith that he had in God, and the integrity of his heart. You see, the refreshment of his family. Notice also the refreshment of his followers, these men that gathered themselves around David. They did it because they were fed up with Saul. Notice again the three words the Bible uses. The Bible says the distressed came to David. This word distressed literally means to be under stress, be under pressure, to be in a narrow place. Not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but I guarantee you there are some this morning that in your life and in your heart right now, you're distressed. How about this second group? I think it fits almost all of us. Those also came that were in debt. These were people that, with all that was going on in life, they could not pay their bills. They didn't have the funds, the finances. They came to David in this situation. And then notice who also came to David, the discontented. That particular word means those that were bitter and who had been mistreated. So you can understand, as they came to David, these people, do you understand? People have problems, right? Somebody said, listen, if you don't like problems, don't go into the ministry, You know, people I I laugh sometimes, not, not in a wrong sort of way, but you get you see these people who take jobs that have to deal with the public, and then they're miserable because of all the problems that they have to deal with. People come to me sometimes and they say, Pastor, I'm sorry that I had to come to you and kind of bring this to you. Folks, that's why I'm here. That's why they went to David. That's what the Lord is for. It's when we have problems, and we will. There are people everywhere, just like these people that are distressed. They're in debt. They're discontented. I mean, this group of hundreds of people, they had suffered under the tyranny of Saul and the taxation. And guess what? They were fed up to hear with Saul. They were tired of being underneath of his oppression. And so they went to David because they believed David was God's man for Israel. But you know, David probably couldn't see. David's probably thinking to themselves, why did they come to me? I don't have anything for them. And the truth is, David didn't. But the God of David did. God wanted to use David, but it didn't happen without David going into that cave Without God preparing David what was going to happen in the days ahead, and they gathered themselves around him, and they believed in him, even when David was down, they still believed in him. I mean they looked at this man in that dark cave in that state of depression. Hey, look, some of the greatest preachers of days gone by have suffered from bouts of depression. All of us from time to time, can I tell you, I don't mean this in a bad way, the ministry can be a lonely place, and maybe you find yourself at work or in your family or at home in a lonely place where you feel like there's no one around. Can I tell you, while you're there, God is there with you, and God is using that time to prepare you. And I look, I'm thankful in my life that when I am in that cave, that God brings people along to encourage me. I can't thank God enough for the wife that I have. God couldn't have given her parents a better name to give to her than the name Joy. Because that's what she is in my life. Every day, every day I deal with things and I lean on the Lord, and I trust in the Lord, but I'm going to tell you something. It is miserable going through life all alone. We all need encouragers. Do you remember when Paul and Barnabas began traveling for the Lord, doing God's work? And there was a young man by the name of John, John Mark. Paul struggled with this young man. Seemed like there was something in John Mark, he left the work and he went back home. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about it. But I'm glad that Barnabas, who was the son of consolation, invested his life and encouraged this young man, John Mark. Anybody here like me and John Mark ever fouled out in your life? And the Bible reminds us in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, look at this. Here's what Paul, not Barnabas, writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit years later. He says, only Luke is with me. Take Mark, that's John Mark, and bring him with thee for he is, what's that word? And look at the next two words. For me. He is profitable to me. Now think about that. Something is. Happened. Someone encouraged. Without a Barnabas, there wouldn't have been a mark. And understand in your life that without those that would encourage you, you wouldn't be here today. And listen, what God wants you to do is be a refreshment to someone else when they're in the caves of life, when they're going through something. They need someone to come to them and say, I believe in you because I know you believe in your God. I know God is working your life. Look, don't be the friends of Job. Be the friends like Barnabas was to John Mark. God has a way of putting people in our lives to encourage us. And I see that David was in that cave and he had the refreshment of family. He had the refreshment of of the, 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 the followers in his life. But then notice the third thing I see is he also had the refreshment of his focus. Remember, everything had been taken away from David. David, you know, this was a painful experience and he found himself in this cave. What a humbling experience it was for David to go from the palace to, to this, this cave, this dull, dark, cold place. David found himself in that humble hideaway. God began working, transforming David into that great king and God took that ragtag group of men that the Bible describes here and He begins working through David to transform them. Here's what the Bible describes them as, David's mighty men. This was the same group of guys. This, this group that was discontented and in debt, that, that, that was struggling with their life and with Saul and these men, they became valiant, powerful, uh, loyal men to David and God sent uh, these men to David in that cave and David began to lead them and he began to train them to be a, a, a fighty working force and we see that this was a humble beginning for David but David was focused. As he was there, he h- held on to the promises of God and he soon was going to walk out of that cave and accept the crown. Listen, the caves of life, you know what they do for us folks? They afford us the ability to focus on our priorities. Isn't it easy to get our priorities out of whack? What's important to us and what's important to God are two totally different things. Many times God will allow us to go into the caves like he did David to learn what is important to him and to learn what's trivial in life. Caves help us to focus like nothing else. Remember Peter in his life, how Peter was all over the map. He was up, down, he was hot, cold, Right? Until Peter had a time that he was in a cave with God. Peter came out of that cave and he was focused like a laser beam. You remember reading about the guy that preached on the day of Pentecost? That was Peter. God began to use him because of the cave in his life. The cave will tighten your focus on that which is most important. In other words, finding what God's will is for your life, and not only finding what the will of God is, but doing the will of God. God will bring us to these times. See, if the cave can do that, listen to me now, if the cave can help us to find God's will and do God's will, doesn't sound to me like the cave's all bad. It sounds like it could be a good thing in our lives. See, this was God's time for David. He entered in a broken and defeated man. But David came out captain of the army of the mighty men. He went in running from a crazy king, but David came out reaching out to take the crown. This cave refined David's life. This cave helped him prepare for the tasks that lay ahead. David grew in that cave, and David submitted to whatever God wanted in his life, that God used this cave. What about you this morning? Have you been in the cave? What has God taught you? Or what is God teaching you? God wants to bring you to himself so that you can get the focus that you need, so that you can emerge from that cave and be used mightily by God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, no one looking around this morning. This is just a time between you and the Lord. No one needs to know, and certainly no one knows what's in your heart. No one knew what was going on in David's life. They could see it on his face. David goes into that cave because everything that was happening in his life was real. But while he was there, he began to be reminded by God. His character began to shine forth. He remembered the commitments. Maybe this morning some of you have been reminded by God of some of the commitments you have made in the past to the Lord that you haven't been keeping. Maybe God's saying to you this morning, you need to get back to where you once were. You remember that promise you made to me years ago? You're not keeping it. Whatever it is, we need to be committed to the Lord the way David was. But I'm glad... That just as God's word refreshes us, God's word refreshed David. God used his family. God used his followers. And God sharpened his focus. Some of you might be in the cave of your life right now. You're not there by yourself. God's brought you to that place. If you don't know the Lord this morning and you've been struggling with life, can I tell you that you need to come to the one who gave himself that you can have eternal life? Let's stand this morning as we stand to our feet with our heads bowed. The piano's playing. This is what we call an invitation. I want to invite you this morning, whether you're a church member, you're a visitor this morning. You're a friend of one of our members. Doesn't matter who you are this morning. The Lord is calling today, He's tenderly calling. God is speaking this morning, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that we all go through cave times in our lives. Maybe you're not there today. Maybe you've just come out of one. Maybe you're going to be going through one in the days ahead. Because remember, God's never promised us smooth sailing. But God has always promised to be there with us. Those three Hebrew children, they went through the burning, fiery furnace. But there was a fourth man like as unto the Son of God. He was with them. And if you know the Lord today, He's with you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, but if you're not saved this morning, you're not 100% sure that if you were to die today that heaven would be your home. Why don't you come today and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. David said, the Lord is my salvation. He was David's personal Savior. Jesus died that you can have eternal life. And if you're one of God's children this morning, even if you're in that cave, that hiding place, Make sure that while you're there, you're seeking God. The Bible says that if you seek Him, He will be found. The Lord wants you to find Him today.